What's up, everyone? Hope you all had a wonderful Christmas, and welcome to episode two of Boxing One. It's your boy Jerry. We also got Faze on the mic as well, and let's just get started. Um, I had a one pretty good week. Uh, I'm pretty sure you too as well, Faze, because uh, something came back. Something that uh, this podcast is meant to be. The NBA is back, bro. It is back, and uh, you know, opening night was December twenty second, a day I've been looking forward to since uh, you know the bubble ended. Um, I think the first game we got to talk about Warriors Nets. Um, I did not think the Nets were going to be this good, to be honest. I mean, they they came out firing. KD and Kyrie, I had KD and Kyrie. Honestly, I gotta say this this duo might like if they don't have like any distraction, all that, or if they like had that locked in mentality, like they could probably run the East. Yeah, I think I'm changing my predictions from last time. I think I'm going to take them out of the East just from two games from what I'm seeing so far. They dismantled the Warriors and they dismantled uh, who they play yesterday, the Celtics. The Celtics on Christmas. I mean, holy smokes. You know, people can keep like ranting on Kyrie if all of his knee issues, but you know, we keep like overlooking what he's able to do on the court. I mean, he pulled in what, like 26, 26 on opening night against the Warriors and then 37 against the Celtics pulling it from anywhere and then KD man you know it's it seemed it seemed like he never left the court at all you know the Achilles injury many it's definitely true that's one of the most difficult injuries for pretty much any athlete to recover um but KD man pretty much like point 25 30 points in his sleep no effort whatsoever can pull up anywhere I saw a lot of his like points is just abusing uh the Celtics new acquired uh tristan thompson i mean oh, yeah it, it seems to me it's almost disrespectful like he like driving to the basket square him up from three like it's kd is just doing what kd always do mm-hmm. yeah i mean the nets you know they're gonna be really good i mean these two games are just a slight glimpse as to how good they could be it's and, definitely you know, yeah definitely a preview of what's going to uh, happen. cast with, uh, you know, Joe Harris, Karis LeBert, Spencer Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, DeAndre Jordan. Like, Honestly, I, I think, yeah, that's bench. Play. It's loaded. It's probably the deepest bench we've seen, like, honestly, other than the Lakers, I would say. Oh, yeah. And speaking of the Lakers, let's say check out Lakers ring ceremony. Really mm-hmm. nice moment uh, to watch. Um, also, the most expensive ring uh, they crafted. I mean, yeah, it was one, I mean, one of the hardest finals like one could possibly compete in. True, true, exactly. But you know, so it, even as the ring ceremony, the Clippers they just uh, decide want to spoil their night, I guess, because you know, probably didn't want to send a message to all the all the critics out there with their rough playoff run last season. Um, but yeah, uh... honestly. There's nothing much to overreact. They did it last season, you know. Uh, they beat them opening night as a Staples, but uh, we know how the results turned out afterwards, you know. So, but, really, it's just game one. Yeah, it's just one game. I mean, I don't even think the Lakers are trying, to be honest. When LeBron's playing, what, 28 minutes, AADs playing 30 They're playing restricted minutes. And especially, look, they were playing after two, two, a little over two months since yeah. winning the championship in the bubble. So, maybe... You know, there's some rust into it. So, yeah, it's complete. I honestly, I completely expected it. I wasn't entirely surprised. I wanted the Lakers to win, just like obviously it was the ring ceremony, all that. But no, I was actually surprised that uh, Clippers came in. 
PG decides to uh, play what Paul George hey, does. He as... didn't hit the side of the backboard for once. Yeah, he did but he did, he, he did he did threw the ball to the open ref, you know. But to be fair, he was open, so. Yeah, at least he found the right guy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, one thing about the Lakers that I really liked was uh, the chemistry between Montrezl Harrell and Dennis Schroeder. I mean, I think they've gotten off to a really good start. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, their dynamic pick-and-roll combination, Montrez's aggressiveness, his passion on the court, Schroeder's... Really play. able to call the ball from, like, all the playmakers, like Schroeder and LeBron. Um, yeah, really liked, I really liked those, the one-two from Schroeder and Harrell. Not a big fan of the Gasol signing right now. He hasn't really done much. He's kind of in a liability. Um, Almost in a sense, I think. Some time to get acclimated to the offense, but I need to see more from him and Wes Matthews. Yes, definitely. Definitely from those guys, too. Um, we'll definitely see how the season progresses, but so far, the Lakers are definitely showing some signs of like improvement on one end and maybe some decline on others. But like I said, it's opening week. Will things we'll see how things turned out as the season progresses um so yeah that's opening night from those two marquee matchups and let's go to november 23rd and december i think 23rd that's exactly my bad <laughs> but the bucks and celtics the day after um that was that was a game uh really great start to the opening season um you know, we're seeing what Jason Tatum is able to live up. Signed that huge five-year, like $195 million contract. Uh, you know, that, wow. shot was ins- that shot was absolutely insane. I mean, I really like what I saw from Jalen Brown as well. I think his aggressiveness, his assertiveness, his defense, his overall energy really um, paid off. I think he had, what, 31 mm-hmm. points or something like that? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think both of them got 30 points. So, yeah, definitely they really elevated their their, their level of play. Uh, for this season, and I'm pretty excited to see what they're to come. Jason Tatum, my fantasy team, pulling in oh. for like 50, 50 plus points. I really like that pickup. And if I missed it, I was kind of surprised. And like, I was the last one to pick in our draft, and you know, it might pay, might might pay its dividends. I got Damian Lillard. One slow night, but he'll come back. It's all good. And you know who you had the shot over? A Kungpo. Who was your defensive player? It was uh, not your defensive player of the year. The defensive player of the year. The slash. defensive player of the year. Honestly. You know, I would block that shot. His, his 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 level of dominance, like compared to his previous seasons, does not like I'm not really seeing a whole lot of like Giannis compared to last past few seasons. He seems like like a step slower in, in some some ways. You know, Harden was right. He just runs and dunks, and then you take him out, take him out of the game by making him shoot jumpers, and then it's over. Yes, that's exactly um, that's definitely true from the Christmas game against the Warriors. You know, like. Giannis was not really uh, able to make any good post moves, always selling for jumpers. And we know that Giannis's jump shot is still yet to be fully developed, and it's completely to be a liability for his overall game. So, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully things will turn out fine for him throughout this season. I expect for his dominance and, you know, especially his transition. Bucks transition game is probably the best out there, especially if Giannis running, running the floor, doing ah. his heroes, and then boom posters but come on that's really not the entire way to win the games you know when you have if you're able to block them off uh, but Drew Holiday uh, the pickup that replaced uh, Eric Bledsoe as a point guard I, I think it's showing off pretty well so far um, so yeah 
Um, let's see what else we got. Uh, also, okay, let's talk about uh, Zion Williamson and how he's been doing these past two games. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, first game was kind of slow. I think he only had 15 points, 10 rebounds, but um, Christmas Day, he really picked it up, and I saw a lot of that dominance, 31 points. I don't know how many rebounds he had, but he was really being aggressive. Um, Pelicans almost came back, but it wasn't really that close at the end, but at least I saw um, willingness from him, Brandon Ingram, to at least, yeah. you know, I think really like really fitness. the Miami Heat in that game really set the tempo, especially with Duncan Robinson hitting four threes in the entire first quarter and be able to set the Christmas Day record for most threes. So big props to him. Um, but yeah, Don Williamson really showing uh, what he's made, made to do in this league and pretty excited to see him throughout the season. So yeah. Oh, let's also not forget about Duncan Robinson in that Christmas Day game. I think. Exactly. From three point line. I saw him crazy from three. He he can pull up from third. He's certified. He's a certified sniper. No doubt. No doubt about it. What was the next Christmas Day game? That was Bucks Warriors. We kind of went over. Oh, yeah. The Warriors struggles. Um, I'm not like, I don't like what I'm seeing. As Steph Curry said, that they got to win now. Uh, Rightfully so. They've lost the past two games by combined. 65 points absolutely crazy um concerning very concerning yeah um but one good spot is um james wiseman their number two big james wiseman really i like love his length i love his like really dominance down the paint and but also his three-pointer um we saw i saw in the bucks game that he had a few good open looks able to swish them down so pretty cool pretty cool for james wiseman um, Both on my fantasy team, so you know, you know, I know how to draft well. I know, I know my exactly. You know, phase phase the GM honestly could uh, player coach and send me GMs for the money. To be honest, uh, yes sir, yes sir, James Wiseman. Alrighty, let's see. Um, can we talk about John Morant's debut uh, opening? Golly, forty-four points. I was like, this is forty-four. That's I think for he's really definitely building up from his rookie year campaign from last year and honestly he could definitely be evolving towards all-star caliber within this season oh, yeah, if not 100%. next season definitely I think I think he'll make the all-star game this year maybe maybe not as a starter but as a reserve but I mean for sure he's playing lights out I mean that for his game and again the Grizzlies don't really have much offense beside him I think he's him and I think Jared Jackson Jr. is out right him now and so Jared Jackson Jr. Be- I think definitely Definitely those two, they, the offense revolves around those two. Um, yeah, he's been putting on the show. I think they play it tonight as well. So, excited to see how that goes. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, let's see. The Wizards and the 76ers, especially focusing on uh, Russell Westbrook's debut as a Wizard, putting up a triple-double. No sure. surprise there. You know, Westbrook, Mr. Triple-Double Man, I, I, as always. Um, but, you know, I think it's I think he's doing pretty well there so far. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, honestly, the Houston experiment with him and Harden. I'm right from the get-go. The trade that summer, I was really. I'm pretty sure everyone was skeptical about it, especially when you have two ball-dominant players on the same court. And you know, just because you're good friends off the court does not necessarily translate on the court. Wins on the court, so things do not turn well for Houston we'll probably focus we'll probably touch base on what's happened to Houston in a future episode possibly because um, like 
you know, yeah, James Harden's tenure with Houston is definitely in hot water right now. Um, so, but yeah, really happy oh. for really happy for Russell and Bradley Beal. That pairing is going to be pretty nice to watch uh, for the season for Washington Wizards. So. Yeah, it's a good fit. I mean, he has a lot of off-ball players um, that can do work, and Wizards actually have a solid team. I don't know why people really count, counted them out last season, but I think mm-hmm. we'll make some noise. Maybe as a late round or, or late spot playoff team. Possibly, yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay, um, let's check out Kings and Nuggets. Um, a dramatic uh, finish. Body healed. Oh, body healed on that runner. Um, we've seen what he, he's done before when it comes to game winners. Always run to the gym, off the gym. You know, yeah, let him know. Yes, sir. You know, honestly, that was kind of definitely a back and forth game uh, between the Kings and Nuggets. Definitely, like both teams really put off some like really good runs between the two. Um, you know, like definitely Jamal Murray from building off from his bubble performance definitely does not show during that game. Um, definitely seems a lot showing a lot of rust, if I would say. I'm surprised Harrison Barnes missed that game-winning dunk. I was like, "Oh my god, did he just?" I was gonna say, it? like, if he if he made that dunk, then that yeah, that's pretty much a, that pretty much like seals it. It's like a good punch, good finish for their their opening season. But you know, got that game winner in, so a win's a win for them. It's a W, yes, sir. And speaking of the Nuggets, I think the last Christmas Day matchup with them and the Clippers, the Clippers trying to seek revenge from their absolute. Torturous three-one blown lead. Somebody which... hit his on the backboard. Someone by the name of George Paul. Can we put an APB up for uh, George Paul? I think uh, I think we need. To, I think it went MIA during that entire playoffs. But him in a regular season so far, you know, I think if anything he's doing what Paul George has been doing, pretty much any time in the regular season. But will it go to the playoffs? We don't know. Probably not. But. uh yeah, uh, the Clippers did manage to uh, claim revenge against the Nuggets, but uh, there's nothing. Just one instance where Kawhi Leonard got that. Oh yeah, that was that was a, to the that mouth. Was a bad shot. I mean, I heard he what he got eight stitches. Eight on, stitches on like on, on his mouth. And he was bleeding a lot. I was like, wow, what happened? Ibaka went bam. Yeah, checking the replay. Um, yeah. Ibaka came in to get the rebound, but then it's like his, his like right elbow um, bumped him real good on the on like the lower jaw area. So kind of tough to watch, but hopefully Kawhi Leonard will be able to <clears throat> return to full strength for future for the rest of the season. So, I think one thing I want to say is as as much as the Nuggets are 0 2, I think I saw the resilience um, show in the latter part of the game um, against Clippers on Christmas Day, like. Don't count them out just because they're 0-2. I think they're still just getting used to... Because, um, again, they had uh, a later... Yeah, they, they had a deep playoff run in the play in the previous playoffs, so definitely um, trying to get things back into shape for them. Um, especially as well as, like, the uh, the Mavericks, who are also 0-2, lost the Suns on their opening night, and also the Lakers on Christmas. Um, Laker you know, Nation. Just be, yeah, it's the beginning of the season, you know, don't necessarily have to count them out, obviously. They'll definitely, just like the Nuggets, they'll get back to form uh, as the season progresses. So, 
Yeah, Luka Doncic. Uh, many say he's the favorite to win the, M- the MVP. Nah, it's going to be LeBron. LeBron's going to win it. Honestly, hypothetically, he might. You know, if LeBron, like, in his 18th year, and with, like, the way how he's able to keep his body into shape, pretty impressive. Oh, yeah. But we won't be... Slowing down. Mm-hmm. But definitely, like, don't... I'm not necessarily like, counting out Luka uh, as the MVP favorite. Like, he went from rookie year to, like, an MVP uh, caliber player to possibly, you know, once that uh, his rise uh, continues to grow uh, throughout the season. So... I'm not... Did, he didn't have that great of a game last night, did he? Um, I'd say, like... It seemed like it in terms of Lucas standards, probably underwhelming in some sorts. Um, yeah, he finished off 27 points, nine and 19 shooting, um, seven assists, four rebounds. I mean, that's a, it's pretty much a lighter game by his standards. So, like, definitely not a terrible game, but when his standards, obviously, he has very high standards for himself in his game. Definitely on the lighter side. Um, they're also playing without Porzingis, so I think it's a lot more toll on him to carry the offensive load. And ooh, there's just one interesting stat between from the Mavs and the Lakers during that Christmas Day. The Mavs got out out rebounded, fifty three to twenty seven. Fifty three, twenty seven. They effectively wow. got double in terms of rebounds. So definitely, yeah, Porzingis. Uh, um, but that, that surgery he just recently got in October or something, uh, definitely a huge toll in terms of rebounding and uh, playing down the paint. So hopefully he comes back soon and maybe the Mavs wants to match the Mavs at full strength. Uh, you know, people keep saying that had Porzingis never got suspended or got that injury against the Clippers at first round, many people say that, hey, they might yeah. have a chance to upset them. Yes, yeah, I mean honestly, they might have because they were playing way better than the Clippers. Mm-hmm. It was just that one, the first game when they ejected Porzingis for. I mean, everybody disagreed with that call, uh, and then he got injured. What I think game three or game four, and then it just got harder. They pretty much went downhill for the Mavs from from there. Uh, so, yeah, honestly, we'll see uh, what the Mavs at full strength can do throughout the season. I'm pretty excited for them. So yeah, that pretty much recaps the opening week. So what do you think uh, we expect? What are your main takeaways from this first week so far, Phase? I think one more thing I want to discuss was, I think, the Harden situation. Um, so he will be playing tonight against Portland, um, despite his neglecting coronavirus protocols or whatever. Um, but John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, and Eric Gordon will not be playing tonight as they are close contacts. But Harden is playing, so I'm not really sure how that plays out, but hopefully we'll see him be ball dominant or put up some gaudy numbers, but who knows? Yeah, it's definitely a huge question mark for Harden in terms of whether he wants to stay in Houston because we've seen that ever since that Westbrook wanted out and then Harden decides to request a trade and then all these trade talks um, really elevating, you know? I think, like, Okay, honestly, I think like, and there's also like another like big topic in terms of Harden, like superstars like him and others being able to have like power in terms like determining trades and all that, like determining when 
uh, to practice, the film sessions, all that. There was like a lot of like inside inside jobs within the Houston Rockets that James Harden really dictates how the organization should be run. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think I don't know. I was reading something about how Russell Westbrook didn't like how uh, Harden showed up to practice late. Um, at one time, they wanted to go through a film session, and Westbrook was like, "Let's just start it because if he's not start here, without he's- him, yeah." I mean, yeah, honestly, that's the type of energy. I think any team demands like, mm-hmm. any star player. I mean, if you're a star player, sure you can have some like privileges, but that shouldn't mean like you basically dictate when you get to come in and come out of the game. So again, right, exactly, exactly. I'm not, I'm like, not a you're pretty much like sure you're like a superstar. Like you're able to put up like what like Harden Dave do like forty point triple doubles like night in night out. But you know you're pretty much like setting example for your teammates because like you're pretty much like the alpha of that team and you want to bring out the best in all of your players otherwise what's the point of like being to play if you're pretty much like not being able to uh have your teammates able to contribute Mm -hmm. exactly so So, if hard were to be traded where do you think would be the best place for him I think it was Brooklyn in the beginning, and then Philly. I, I don't really know where you, because I'm I'm trying to think of teams that have like assets that like could trade for him back. Because if you're gonna trade Harden, you got to trade like all star caliber, all uh, star caliber player in return. And I'm I just don't know where he would be a good fit. Because I think what Philly is doing, I think Philly should stick with that. I don't think they need Harden. Um, but again, a combination. Really, like, there's also been like yeah, talked about Brooklyn, but. Given our first impressions, like how Brooklyn is playing these past few games, like there's been a lot of people saying that don't trade for Harden because, like, really, some many view that like Harden's system is just not does yeah. not fit with pretty much like a number of teams. Like, mm-hmm. keep like I think like people tend to like undervalue what like how important chemistry is, especially on a team-based game like basketball, like. The Nets chemistry is like it's pretty much honestly to be it's, it's pretty much set at its highest peak. Like mm-hmm. if you had Harden, and especially like at what cost to get Harden, you're gonna pretty much trade away your young core like Dinwiddie, Lavert, Jared Allen, and a whole bunch of like other uh, assets for pretty much like three really bombastic personalities in KD, Kyrie, right. James, all yeah. in court. Yeah, chemistry was definitely really evident with, I think, the Clippers when a lot of their possessions were just solely based off iso ball. And you can see in the playoffs, the iso ball is not going to work. You need to have, like, design plays that you can run. So, again, I think Harden's based on iso ball. I don't think, like, he requires the ball to be in his hand for way too much time. And I don't think that's what the Nets want. I think they have, like, their balance. And I think adding on the superstar will take too much time to be I think, like, yeah, definitely... Steve Nash is for the first head coach like his play styles uh, with the Suns was really like getting teammates involved especially mm-hmm. at a high pace and trying to get that system in for Harden it pretty much like slows down the whole game itself like having him Harden on the top of the key being able to do his thing at ISO while his teammates just standing there at three point line hopefully getting a pass from him it just pretty much like slows the game down dramatically and that's why I think with the Nets do not want that to happen should Harden be traded there so exactly so 100% yeah honestly there's like a lot of a lot of questions going on around with Houston and James Harden but we'll just see once news comes around 
in terms of like this, what James Harden's been up like going on. Um, but so far, like the disgruntled superstar, it's just does not. His situation is kind of uh, kind of murky in a way. So um, something funny I was reading today is uh, I think Portland has like the most amount of strip clubs, and somebody was like, "That's the only reason why Harden wants to go play in Portland is because of the strip clubs." I don't know. I just thought that was pretty funny, but. <laughs> Oh, wait, I think I, I think I've also like there was something about if if Harden were to leave from Houston, like a lot of the strip clubs in Houston would retire his number. <laughs> Honestly, James Harden in strip clubs pretty much go like PB and J at this point. Mm-hmm. Lemon pepper Lou. <laughs> Lemon pepper Lou. Like it's not sweet Lou anymore. It's Lemon pepper Lou. But the <laughs> Magic City vibes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so one more thing, one major takeaway, um, I think was watching the Hornets. Gordon Hayward was playing really well, um, putting close to his all-star numbers uh, when he was with the Utah Jazz, but LaMelo Ball going scoreless in his debut with the Hornets. Uh, I think he's one of only like four other like top three picks to go scoreless in their debuts, so that's kind of alarming. I'm just going to put it out yeah, there. especially like him in the preseason, there were like a lot of like showing signs of his like play playmaking his passing ability and all that um you know especially in our fantasy fantasy team fantasy leagues uh, one of our <laughs> friends decides to drop him right after that first game in exchange for uh after i think tristan thompson or something like that mm-hmm. but you know seems a rough start for lamella ball for the time being but terry rozier during that game oh you he dropped what like 42 or something he dropped like, like a that? like a 42 piece golly don't count out charlotte mm-hmm. i definitely think like they could definitely get dark horse in terms of maybe getting to the last picks if not maybe the playing game uh for the playoffs so definitely mm-hmm. keep a watch eye on charlotte yeah i think that's all i have from opening night and my major um takeaways um do you have anything else? Um, I think we pretty much touched based on it, especially with KD and Kyrie. Um, we know that the dynamic duo that they're able to become uh, for this season and the acquisitions for the Lakers, I think they're doing pretty well, especially with Harold. He put up like what, like uh, 20, 22 points in Christmas. Yeah, and, and his jump shot, his jumpers like really was like showing off pretty well during that game especially he's posting up against the bigs down in the short corner uh pretty yeah. nice he provides them with a lot of energy and that's good for like a bench unit when lebron or ad are on the bench so I'll, i like what i'm seeing from the lakers they, they'll they'll be good in no time again no, mm-hmm. no whoever's listening sure. to this, don't react to the opening night clippers aren't even that good <laughs> They're essentially just, just, just like the Clippers and the Bucks. For now, they're just good regular season teams. Mm-hmm. That's all we can say. It's a postseason that matters. It's not about how you drive; it's about how you arrive. Inspired. That's facts. That's facts. That's how you, it's not ever. It's not ever hard to start. It's always how you finish. That's all I say. Exactly. Preach, my man. Preach. But also, like, wait, they're they show off the Lakers show off their city edition uniforms, and I liked it. Mm-hmm. Simple, but simple but effective. Oh yeah, I like the Nets jerseys too. I mean, they had, they had a really Ooh, nice. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and the Celtics showed off theirs, but we all know how trash the Celtics uh, 
jerseys are. Okay, the Nuggets jersey, although it's red, it looks super fire. I'm not gonna lie. The Nuggets, the red Nuggets jerseys that they played. Honestly, in I think a lot of the Nuggets city editions are really nice, especially last season with like with the rainbow skyline and the navy. I think it's like the navy blue, uh, navy blue look. But like this red contrast is like so far is working really well. I like loved it. Yes, sir. All right. Well, well, I guess that wraps up episode two of the box and one. Thank you everybody for listening and we'll be back next week with some more NBA updates. Peace. Yes, sir. See y'all later.